0: Well, now on our end, we're going to take a trip to the local public library. Quite a long trip, in fact, because we're looking at the public libraries that service those living in outer regional, remote and very remote areas of Australia. Public libraries in these areas serve more than 2.5 million people. And when so many other institutions have shut down regional branches, the role of libraries as one of the few social infrastructure entities remaining in rural communities is even more important. Jane Garner is a senior lecturer in the School of Information and Communication Studies at Charles Sturt University and has done research into the, uh, well, the feedback of 100 managers of outer, regional and remote public libraries. Jane, thanks very much for speaking with us.
1: Good morning, Julian. Welcome to the library.
0: Oh, it's great to be here and great to be able to talk. I won't, I'll try not to be too loud, but um, could you tell <laughs> us, uh, what did you find about the state of public libraries in rural and regional areas?
1: Well, I think the first thing to say is please don't be quiet. They're places that are vibrant community hubs that uh, we don't need people to be quiet in anymore. So um, in terms of infrastructure, uh, you were right what you were saying, that the... Uh, Often, regional and remote areas have fewer resources and you know, community um, institutions than the cities. So, yes, often libraries are taking the place of community hubs and are the places that the community comes to for connection to all sorts of things as, as well as what we might associate with libraries as in books.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that's interesting because the, are they picking up those roles by design or is it really like a sort of social backstop because of other services not being provided as well?
1: Yeah, I think you're on the money there. That's the um, there's a, a cost shifting that we're seeing really um, so, when people are going to places like Centrelink or even to banks and being asked to fill in forms or to reset passwords, for example, they're being told, well, you can't do that here, but if you go to the library, they'll be able to help you out there. So, it's not a choice in the sense that um, these are changes that are being imposed on libraries. But it is a, something that, that we do welcome because we do want libraries to be there for everybody. They are there for everybody. You paid for it. It's yours. Um, we like people coming in and doing these things. But we are certainly aware that we are seeing a lot more of people with uh, needs that belong outside the library but are needing to be serviced in the library because of lack of resources elsewhere.
0: Yeah, your study finds that librarians are now digital mentors. What does that mean?
1: Well, we're getting a lot of people coming into the libraries to use the computers because the computers are free, the internet's free. If you don't have that at home, then the library is your place, obviously, for that. Um, but often people don't have very high literacy skills or digital literacy skills and they need help. Um, everything from learning how to look at their email on their telephones right through to how to access, um, you know, Centrelink forms or how to reset passwords for their banking accounts or how to go on a housing list if, you're, if they haven't got housing.
0: Mm, mm, interesting. Uh, what did you find about the, the way the more traditional resources of libraries are being used? Uh, what, what's the rate of physical collections being used compared to digital resources these days?
1: The physical collections are still really, really heavily used and it was one of the really interesting things that we learnt when COVID shut the libraries down and we started investing more heavily in um, digital books or audio books or e-books and those rates of borrowing for those formats went right through the the roof. They were very popular, of course, because people couldn't get into the library. But as soon as the doors opened again, people were back in there borrowing physical books and using the spaces. We realised that those things were still really, really important to, to everybody. Uh, that's interesting. So
0: so did the digital usage go back down once people could go back into the library or, or is there now a sort of overall more usage of a library?
1: Yeah, it's still shifting actually. We are still seeing an increase in e-books and audio books, but also an increase in print loans as well. And I think some of that was due to the fact that we were all stuck in our houses and we realised that the library had this stuff. And like, oh, that's great. We can actually borrow this stuff for free instead of having to buy it. And um, raising that awareness has helped, has continued on through post COVID, if that's what we can call this time.
0: On Sunday Extra, we're speaking with Jane Garner from Charles Sturt University about uh, her research, speaking to the managers of 100 regional and remote public libraries. Jane, another thing that you looked at was the role of mobile libraries. How how common are they and what do they do?
1: Yeah, it depends where you are. Some parts of the country have quite an established mobile library network, others um, less so. Mobile libraries are brilliant. They are coming into towns that don't have a physical site. And they might come once a week or once a fortnight and they are exactly as they sound. They're libraries that are either in like huge trucks or big buses that have been converted or even little, um, you know, minivans where they slide slide the doors open and the collection's there and they also take with them um, internet routers so they, they turn them on, people can come in and use the internet nearby the library or in the library. And they're being used in small villages and around, uh, you know, smaller settlements around the bigger towns so people don't have to travel in to use the physical library. They're also going to primary schools in remote areas and becoming the school library. So they have a lot of functions and they're, they're really valuable to our remote communities. Jane, you
0: mentioned that role of librarians picking up some of the slack in terms of helping people connect with social services and the like. In 2019, the City of Melbourne Libraries uh, started employing a social worker on site. Do you have um, knowledge of, of how that trial went and whether anything like that's been rolled out in remote and regional areas?
1: Yeah, that was a really interesting trial. It started off being focused on um, getting people who are coming into the library who were homeless giving them access to housing services and it was very successful and had a lot of great outcomes for people so the city of Melbourne then employed a full-time social worker in an ongoing role and that has become a model for a lot of libraries across the country and there's other examples in the United States in particular who do this quite a lot. So we've got uh, social workers in libraries now, from everything from Bendigo to Darwin, and they are probably about twenty of them across the country, and they are filling an incredibly important role. Where because you know the lights are on and the doors are open and we welcome everybody, come into the library, it's yours. So everybody does come in, and we're getting people with all the social issues that we see in the cities and in the regions. So people who are not housed, a lot of drug and alcohol affected people and people who are experiencing mental illnesses that can make their behaviours quite challenging. They're coming into the libraries and the social workers are becoming a buffer between those community groups and the librarians who may not be trained to work with really vulnerable or challenging community members. Yeah, it sounds in in many
0: ways that the work of a librarian has become more complex and more challenging. From your research, how are librarians and their managers finding that work? How are they going?
1: It's um, a really interesting finding from the work I'm doing is that this is becoming an issue that we can't really ignore anymore, that we do have people with really difficult and challenging behaviours coming into the library and library, library workers are seeing, uh, they're exposed to violence quite regularly, they are working with people who are incredibly vulnerable and distressing and distressed, and it's uh, a challenge for them. We don't train them to work with that sort of group, we don't train them to look after themselves in the ways that they will need to when they're working with these groups. So one of the things that um, I'd like to do is to look at how uh, other sort of first responder roles are looking after their staff, so people like police and ambulance, uh, paramedics, that sort of group, and look at how they're training their staff and looking after their well-being, because that's something that our library workers are starting to need and it's not something that we're doing at the moment.
0: Very interesting. Well, Jane, it's been fascinating uh, discussing this work with you. Are you doing more uh, research in in this field as well?
1: Yes, yes, and continuing on, going up to some remote communities, um, going up to Mount Isa in a couple of weeks to go and look at um, how the public library there is working with the homeless community and some of the homeless shelters and services there and building partnerships so that they Uh, can help the people that are using both of those types of services.
0: Well, good on you, Jane, and good on all the librarians out there doing the great work in rural and regional Australia. It's been great having you on Sunday Extra. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Julian. That's Jane Garner, Senior Lecturer in the School of Information and Communication Studies at Charles Sturt University, and she co-wrote the paper, Public Library Services in Rural Australia, Challenges and Prospects.